Welcome to the latest episode of the IUMI podcast, which this month focuses on the latest issue of the IUMI I, the quarterly newsletter from the International Union of Marine Insurance. I'm delighted to be joined by Lars Lang, Secretary General of IUMI. Lars, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Penny. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Lars, a lot has happened over the past three months. So the latest IUMEI gives us a very good overview of some of the key topics and issues affecting marine insurance. What's IUMI been talking about this quarter and what have IUMI members got to look forward to in the latest issue? Well, there's a lot of good things ongoing again. Pandemic is obviously a bit calmer currently and that makes us go to work again. We are traveling again. So there's a lot in the new UMEI to pick out just a few articles which one could pay an attention to. We have a very interesting one on salvage. Some of you may know we had a reconsideration of our salvage forum this year and we structured this a bit and the chair of our salvage forum, Nick Coleman from GART, gives an excellent update on what we are currently dealing with in the salvage forum. So that is certainly an interesting one. Then our president very recently attended a NATO seminar in north of London, the so-called MARCOM group. That is an annual meeting where NATO meets with stakeholders in the security chain to discuss common approaches. Frederick was part of these discussions and his report about that is really readable for all who are interested, not only in the safety, but also in the security issues. When it comes to our statistics, which are very close to our heart, there are two articles in this UMI, which I, I would recommend to you. One is our, on our recent project, uh, the Major Claims Database, where we presented results during the Chicago conference and have the very good news that this year we were first time able to publish also Hull results on the claims side. And there's an article by our project leader, Dave Matcham from IOA on that, which is very interesting. And connected to that, we have an article on our UMI stats report, which is our annual brochure where you get statistics analysis on our lines of business and the underlying trade and shipping industry in a nutshell. So that is also something which I personally find very, very interesting. And then finally, let me mention the article about our masterclass in cargo insurance. You know, we are very engaged in education and it is quite successful in the meantime, if I may say. And we have a new product, which is an in-class instruction, our masterclass in cargo insurance, which will be held first time in March next year in London. And you get details in this issue of the UMI on that. Beyond that, we have, as usual, very interesting interviews, for example. We have our people at Ayumi with Elias Tsakiris, our new Ocean Hull Committee chair. And we have our external interviews, so to say, with Ruel Hondas from the IMO. Ruel is very seniorly engaged in, in the environmental strategy of IMO decarbonization. And it's really interesting to read uh, what Ruel's views on that are. It's another jam-packed issue for sure. So, in this podcast, we'll be talking to some of the contributors of the latest IUMEI, discussing everything from the recent chaos surrounding Nord Stream, the issue of permacrisis and how it relates to shipping, and all you need to know about IUMI's new masterclass in cargo insurance. This is, of course, just a taste of the full issue. 
The latest Ayumi Eye is now available online at www.ayumi.com forward slash news to read in full for free. With that being said, let's get started with the latest episode of the Ayumi podcast. We're going to kick off this podcast by talking about the future of maritime loss prevention using digitalization and AI technology. We're joined by Amit Sharlev, Vice President of Business Development and Strategy at Shippin, who has kindly joined us to discuss Fleet Vision, which uses both AI and cameras placed in key areas on board ships to monitor and display activity. Amit, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Thank you very much uh, for having me on uh, this morning. Amit, in your article, you mentioned that the lack of visibility within the maritime industry makes loss prevention challenging. How do you feel about the way the global shipping industry is adapting to digitalization? Going back to the top, right? Technological disruption is happening across industries. And, you know, if COVID is an accelerant of trends, uh, we're already seeing, um, you know, implementation of new technology in maritime, right? If we're looking at even uh, remote witnessing technology of surveyors not coming on board. Uh, and, and so we believe that, that this market is, is really primed to introduce new technologies, somewhat again, going back similar to where the trucking industry in the US was like seven or 10 years ago, which really had a nice, uh, cascade effect to insurance as well. Uh, so, you know, we think stakeholders in this industry need to continue to adapt uh, to new ways uh, of working, you know, also in order to remain competitive within uh, within the industry and, and relevant as, as more companies start to embrace digitization, automation, and, and even AI. Okay, so let's now talk about fleet vision. In what ways will this technology benefit ship owners and operators? two things are happening, right? One is if you're doing this out of your own accord, this is a great self-selection mechanism. If I'm an insurance company, it's a great self-selection you know, mechanism to say, hey, this is actually a company I wanna be in business with. They are onboarding digital tools that are gonna help them de-risk their fleet. And so that's quite, quite great. I, I wanna be in business with these guys. Second of all, the tool works, right? It, it, it alerts of things that are happening in real time and then gives you kind of an understanding of, of, of what's going on operationally, uh, which is extremely helpful. And three, just to, you know, for, for the ship uh, operators or owners, help them understand what's going on in real time, uh, uh, allow them to, to have kind of a pulse, uh, on, on a visual pulse on what's going on with their fleet, uh, which is, uh, extremely helpful. Amit, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Since the announcement of Ayumi's first in-person training program, Masterclass in Cargo Insurance has received overwhelming interest. All 20 spaces for the three and a half day program have already been taken by senior underwriters and executives from all over the world, including Belgium, Germany, India, Italy, Singapore, South Africa, Sweden, Switzerland and the USA. The curriculum offers in-depth insights into contracts of a freightment, international programs, coverage extensions, 
cat risks and accumulations, ESG, sustainability and geopolitics. As well as learning, the course also offers networking opportunities for those involved and a visit to Lloyd's of London. Joining us now is Christopher Hesselbrandt from QBE Europe, who leads the project group to tell us more. Christopher, welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot and uh, appreciate you having me for this session. Christopher, could you please tell us more about the IUME Masterclass and who will benefit from the course? Yes, I mean, when we when we started to, to develop the, the curriculum for, for what is now the, the Masterclass in Cargo Insurance, we we saw, we understood that there was courses and trainings available on a global scale for, for people and individuals new to the marine cargo business or those with just a few years of experience. But for senior individuals, those with multiple, several years of experience requiring more in-depth knowledge, um, there was a more limited, or I would say almost no uh, training or, or courses available. So this course is really targeted at or aimed to senior practicing underwriters, those with a significant experience in, in cargo underwriting who want to gain an even more in-depth knowledge of a business area which they've been working in for a number of years. So I would say that in contrast to entry-level courses where you may get a lot of things, but not in-depth, the risk curriculum is by no means all-encompassing. It rather deep dives on a few selective topics, either those which are always relevant, but also those which are very much up-to-date or on everyone's agenda right now. And obviously on the fourth and final day of the curriculum that we've now developed, um, there will be a whole session devoted to the geopolitical aspects of, of, of the work that we do, which will include the global threats to, to shipping and, and obviously the sanction issues, which, which we're all fighting with on a, on a daily basis. And what is included in the curriculum over the three and a half day course? Yes, like you said, I mean, we have three and a half days. It's a course running from, from Monday through to Thursday, um, and we have a, a lot of exciting topics. So the first day will more or less be devoted to, to the contracts of, of affreightments. And I would say, even if this may sound very basic, it is still not often you as a senior practicing underwriter will get the opportunity to deep dive into these topics or to get a refresher of old knowledge. Day two will kick off with an introduction to, to global insurance programs. And, and I'm saying an introduction because even if this is a course targeted at, uh, at an advanced level, we think that when it comes to global insurance program, that is a topic where even senior individuals might benefit from a more entry level uh, starting point. And I will myself be teaching this module together with our cargo committee chair, Isabel Terrien, which we're also very pleased to have on board for, for this masterclass in cargo insurance. And I think we can say that a common theme will be that the students will be requested to be active themselves during these classes. We have several modules where there will be group exercises and case studies included. And this will also be the case for the international program module, but also for the module taking over from on the, on the afternoon of day two, where we will be focusing on, on coverage extensions. 
Uh, and we are happy to have Sibesh Sen of HDF Ergo in India teaching this module together with Mike Roderick of Clyde & Co. Mike will, will obviously have the, the legal perspective, being a lawyer, but Sebastian will, will benefit of, of adding the underwriter's perspective to some of the most common extensions of cover that we all encounter on a global level. We will be looking at the understanding and the interpretation of those clauses. Day three, we will focus on ESG, which is, I think, on everyone's minds nowadays. And we will link this with cash risk and the accumulation topic. Ex-Ayumi President Richard Turner will talk about ESG, and this will be followed by representatives of both Munich Re and RMS, who will um, take an in-depth look at understanding the fundamentals of NatCat modeling. In the afternoon of day three, there will be a visit to Lloyd's included, and there will be the opportunity to meet with representatives of the Lloyd's Market Association and also the Joint Cargo Committee. The fourth and final day, we'll see Mike Roderick returning, and he will again do an in-depth look at the sanctions and the protectionism issues that we fight with on a daily basis, I would say. And finally, we'll have Fred and Anders of the Norwegian Warpool. They will be talking about global threats to shipping. And I have to say, I mean, I have the opportunity to sneak peek a bit, bit on their presentation, and I think the stories that they have to tell on everything from modern day piracy, cyber risks, down to the basics of war insurance. I would say that that alone is almost a reason to sign up to this course. So Penny, and given the success, which we already see that the first 20 places of the first course in next March already set out, I'm really excited uh, to tell our listeners today that we already work on a second course. So it's not, it's not built in stone yet. It depends on availabilities, but we would love to have a second course already in 2023, somewhere in autumn. Uh, and we have already some registrations for that. Uh, and Christopher Hesselbrand from QBE, our project leader, and Hendrike Kühl in our Ayumi office are working on that, that we don't lose the momentum. So we are really, really happy about the success which we already have and, and of course want to want to mirror this back to the membership. IOMI is also pleased to welcome Garak's Managing Director, Frederick Denaflay, as our new president. His predecessor, Victor Insurance's Richard Turner, stepped down in September after having completed two successive two-year terms in office. Tokyo Marine and Nichido Fire's Kasuki Hashimoto has also been elected as the first ever Vice President of IUMI. As we return to in-person events and IUMI continues to expand its membership, we wish the new President and Vice President the very best in their new roles. We are pleased to announce that we will be hosting an in-depth interview with Frederick on our podcast early next year, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Permacrisis was voted in a Collins Dictionary poll as the most employed word of the year. It's a phrase that means an extended period of instability and insecurity. With war, rising inflation and a negative outlook of the global economy, it's hard to argue this isn't at least partly descriptive of the world today. Shipping companies and shippers have certainly felt it. 2022 has been a year of significant industrial action impacting ports from Felixstowe all the way over to Shanghai. 
Julian Kirkman Page, Head of Business Development for Russell Group, has written about this in the latest IUMEI and joins us now. Julian, welcome. Thanks very much for welcoming me to the podcast. Great to meet you. I'm, I'm Julian Kirkman Page. Uh, I look after business development for Russell Group uh, and I focus on the marine sector in particular. Uh, I used to be head of systems for Cedric Cargo uh, and then I got involved with international trade, uh, looking at data development and then into risk management. In your article, you described 2022 as permacrisis. Which event had a major impact on the shipping industry and how significant were the losses? Permacrisis is, is a it's an interesting word anyway, because it, it, it really refers to an extended period of instability and insecurity. But I think certainly if we look at things in those terms, it's what's been happening in China. It's the, you know, the, the impacts of COVID on Shanghai, the shutdowns, which have really impacted global trade. When you think of the importance of China to global trade, closing a port like Shanghai, which created something like four and a half billion dollars worth of lost trade per week uh, is phenomenal. When we look at the what's happening in China, not just with COVID, but with you know a president who's now a life president, that whole area of, of trade with China could be something that could be affected for a very long time to come. You also refer to a holistic view on trade. How would this benefit insurers? Uh, I mean, I know for a fact that if, if I was a marine underwriter, I'd want to know details of what it is I'm writing where my accumulated risks are, you know, what's aggregating up. And I would want to see that in terms of the global trade perspective as well. You know, what we've tried to do as Russell is create uh, a framework, although it's a calculated view, is gather what data is available and put that together so we can give people a picture of their portfolio. It allows you to look at not only what's going to happen to your portfolio, but therefore how you should be looking at your own reinsurances if you're a reinsurer, you know, what retro you should be buying, or if you're an insurer, what reinsurances you should be putting in place and what sort of limits and aggregates you should be looking at. Uh, so having, having that view of, of a portfolio, where it's going, not only gives you a, a clear vision, but when something does happen, it allows you to very, very quickly see how that's going to impact your portfolio. Julian, thank you so much for joining us. For those who'd like to know more, where can our listeners go for more information? It's my pleasure. Any further information you can get uh, from our Russell website. We also do uh, our own thought leadership as well. But I hope it's been useful and it's been really great to meet you as well. The IUMEI once again takes a look at all of the changes going on at the IMO committees. Lars, perhaps you could let us know some of the changes that have taken place in the last few months and what this could mean for IUMI members. Yeah, thank you, Penny. There's indeed much going on at IMO. So the basic relief is that IMO is able to convene in person again. So we, we have a hybrid setup in the meantime, but most of the people is back in the room and that is really a relief after two years of online meetings which were simply uh, whether you like it or not which were simply less effective as we have seen and there is a backlog at IMO in the meantime. So we had the 106th session of the IMO Maritime Safety Committee in early November and there were a number of things which are also on Ayumi's agenda where we saw some progress and where we saw 
good discussion. So let me start with the Black Sea Grain Initiative, which is very close to our heart and where we as an industry were able to deliver also some support in ensuring these transports, which are so important to get grain out of the war area in the Ukraine to the rest of the world. Uh, so there was an update to the committee and in addition uh, there was a working group founded during MSC 106 uh, which developed a resolution uh, with regard to maritime search and rescue in the area which is very very important and that was fulfilled and that is a good outcome in my view. Apart from that uh, on container ship fire safety, the committee touched. So as you may remember, this is one of the issues where Ayumi was and is very much in the lead to get this enhanced. At IMO, we are currently in the phase where the so-called formal safety assessment is conducted. That will be the, call it scientific basic, on which IMO can decide on concrete measures to enhance safety on container ship vessels. There's a project ongoing at EMSA, the European Maritime Safety Agency in Lisbon, which is called Cargo Safe. And what MSC did uh, in this meeting is that they agreed to establish a formal safety assessment expert group, which will deal with exactly the outcome of this cargo safe study. What I could mention as well is MASS, M-A-S-S, which is the IMO abbreviation for Maritime Autonomous Surface Ships. This is what we called unmanned shipping in the beginning. Now we have a more distinguished word for that. So that is, which is quite exceptional for IMO, that is a joint initiative uh, in the meantime between the legal committee, the environmental protection committee and the maritime safety committee. The so-called legal scoping exercise is done. Uh, so we know where the gaps are, where we have to adapt conventions uh, to get future proof for, un for autonomous shipping. And now uh, the MSC dealt with the results of the first meeting of a joint working group, which has been established between these three committees. And the joint working group was also working during MSC and is developing going forward already a framework and first ideas on content on a so-called mass code which will similar to the polar code which will set the guidance for all changes which have to be made with regard to mass and this work is now ongoing and the msc and the working group in this regard put the few cornerstones into place in this regard a very important thing for us also on our policy agenda is polar shipping the polar code the IMO discussed in the last two years about so-called non-solar vessels and how to get the polar code also at least to a degree uh, applicable for these vessels. And there is now an improvement which has been decided by MSC 106 that uh, some new requirements will incorporate it uh, for a certain non-solar ship. In concrete, this will be fishing vessels of 24 meters in length overall and above. It will be pleasure yards of 300 gross tons and upwards, not engaged in trade. And it will be cargo vessels of 300 gross tons and upwards, but below 500 gross tons. So that is a major achievement since many smaller vessels not applicable for IMO are underway in this region. And we wish to have these also under the convention. 
places of refuge, you see there was a lot to be dealt with. Places of refuge is one where Yumi was very engaged on a European level when there was a new guideline established in order to ensure that people in distress get as quick as possible in a, in a port of refuge. So the IMO guide, uh, the EU guideline is in place and now there's an initiative, a joint initiative between the European Union, the European Commission and industry beyond others, IUMI, to get something comparable on an IMO level. There was a working group underway, a correspondence group. Yumi was part of that. And the very good news is that MSC 106 finally approved the revision of guidelines on places of refuge for ships in need of assistance. That has also to be run with legal and environmental committee. But as it looks, it can be adopted by the assembly in 2023. Uh, finally, I would allude to piracy. That is an ongoing issue. Ayumi also very much involved in that. There was a report on the latest incidents. It looks like it currently slightly decreases. So we had 69 incidents in 2022. There was a decrease in the Gulf of Guinea, which is very good news. Uh, there are different opinions about the reasons behind that, but that is good news, at least for the time being. Nevertheless, in Southeast Asia, particularly in the Strait of Malacca, we see again a few more incidents than in the year before. In the South uh, China Sea, where we had quite a number of incidents in 2021, this did decrease significantly to currently no reported issue. This is something where IMO and the Maritime Safety Committee encourage member states to continue rep uh, re reporting that has to be dealt with also on an IMO level and that took also place. So this is, although quite comprehensive in a nutshell, what MSC 106 was about and as you have seen there are many issues which are also on Ayumi's agenda and we hope that we are able to deliver our share on these deliberations at IMO uh, to the benefit of our members. In September, the Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipelines were sabotaged, resulting in serious gas leaks in European waters. The incident took place just as the Baltic pipe was being opened for natural gas to move through the North Sea. Both pipelines were built to transport natural gas from Russia to Germany through the Baltic Sea and are majority owned by Russia's Gazprom. Where a cable or pipeline is insured, marine insurers will need to assess the terms of cover, which may include exclusions for cover for warlike or malicious acts. But how much of an issue is a world which is increasingly stooped in conflict for marine infrastructure? HFW associate Johanna Ullman joins us now to discuss these concerns. Johanna, welcome to the podcast. Please could you start by outlining what are the risks and concerns for the subsea pipelines and cables? I mean, there's there's quite a few risks, I guess. I think just to lay out the background a bit and the, the background that we have in the article, both the Swedish and the Danish authorities, um, they're conducting their separate investigations into these Nord Stream leaks. Uh, the investigations are still ongoing. But what I have seen, the Swedish prosecution authority has reported uh, that the evidence so far points to sabotage. So this is quite a new risk, but it's, of course, important to rem remember that. And this is what the UK government made clear in its report as well, is that accidental damage 
to subsea infrastructure is still more common than deliberate acts. But that shouldn't take away from the importance of assessing the risks of deliberate acts. In particular, cyber risks are on the rise and something we highlighted in the article. There have been, for example, recent reports of Russian hackers monitoring and targeting marine infrastructure, uh, including LNG terminals in the Netherlands. So it really is a stark reminder that uh, the risks are not only of physical attacks or sabotage, but also of cyber attacks that can have immediate impact on the transport of goods and also on the transfer of data via subsea infrastructure. Subsea pipelines and cables, they transverse national boundaries. That creates quite a lot of thorny issues depending on where an attack or the damage occurs. So if this would be outside of the UK's exclusive economic zone, the national jurisdiction is limited and that would might require cooperation with other states to assess the cause and extent of any damage as well as to arrange repairs. As the world becomes more uncertain, what impact will warlike and malicious acts have on marine insurers? So this will very much come down to the particular insurance cover wording, uh, but generally damage that's caused by and is determined to be caused by, for example, warlike or malicious acts, that risks um, excluding cover. So it will obviously be up for the, up to the marine insurers to determine that. And it might not always be clear whether certain damage was caused by such acts. But if we take the Nord Stream leaks as an example, as I said, the Swedish authorities have indicated that the evidence collected points to sabotage and in that type of situation cover issues may arise. Then looking particularly at what a malicious act is, that's not entirely settled in English case law and it may be even more difficult to assess for a cyber attack where the effects may be more widespread. It might may go beyond the targets intended by the attacker. Johanna, thank you so much for joining us today to discuss what I'm sure will be an ongoing subject for 2023. Lars, before we sign off on the latest episode of the IUMI podcast, is there anything else you would like to add or that you'd like the IUMI members to know about? Penny, if I may, I would use as well the opportunity in this podcast to announce that we have two new IPPs on board for our, as we always call it, IPP family. So there are two new companies excellently fitting in our program, and one of them is Sedgwick, well known to most of our listeners today. Sedgwick is a survey company, uh, which is really based worldwide and which is good friend already to the Ayumi family. So Sedgwick has been a long year conference sponsor and, and worked already with us together on our topics. And now Sedgwick decided to become one of our Yumi Professional Partners, IPP, and we do very much look forward uh, to work with these internationally very experienced company jointly on common issues, interests of safety. So that is one. And the second is Barbus, uh, also a very international company, which is based in, in the Netherlands, but has 
priority of its business very much in Latin America. So we know them from Latin America already. Barbos is involved in claims services and consultancy with regard to claims and recoveries. So this is an excellent fit as well. Barbos joined very recently, but it's really good talks with them. And we have a lot of ideas where we can work together and these two, Barbers and Cedric, joined the family and we do very much look forward to work with them together in the future. Certainly a very big welcome to Barbers and Cedric to the Ayumi family. Well, thank you, Lars, for joining me on this edition of the Ayumi podcast. Thank you for having me and I look forward to join for the next one. You can read the contributions from all of our excellent guests and the entire Ayumi Eye newsletter for free right now visit www.iumi.com forward slash news to read more about what you've just heard, as well as a lot more updates and incidents. So from everyone here at Iumi, we'd like to thank you for joining us and be sure to listen out for more podcasts from Iumi. Thank you and goodbye. Mm-hmm.